Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Believe in Falcons. I'm your host, Will McFadden. We are back today to talk Falcons training camp. Another week, another round of exciting events happening on the field. Joining me to do that is, of course, former Falcons fullback Ovi Mahaley, who was up there at practice this week. Got a chance to see him in person on Friday. Ovi, it was, it was great to uh, see you. You look awesome. You look well. How you doing, man? Uh, I'm good. Uh, better actually going to training camp. I, I was uh, talking to a couple of my guys saying that it's crazy how the majority of us just scatter. I saw guys <laughs> I haven't seen literally in 15 years. I saw some players back because, uh, you know, there's always, you know, that, that practice squad guy or, you know, the, the third string, you know, DB or fourth string DB that was there for like two weeks. And le- these guys I haven't seen <laughs> in a, a long, long time. It was good because like, oh, you have kids now. Oh my God, let me see your kids. And so it was really nice to go back to practice and get into, uh, you know, the the informal swing of things uh, vicariously through them and just saying, OK, this is the type of, uh, you know, feeling that we get around this time of year because it's football it's right around mm-hmm. the corner. And, and I mean, so much uh, like I'm sure that you felt this way, but I know even me and man, I like the last time I was there was like February of 2020 because then the pandemic hit and I was gone, I think, covering the, the combine. So like the last time that I was really inside of the facility was, you know, three years ago and, and change at this point. And already things have changed so, so much. Oh, yeah. I mean, they've got the new studio there. They're now starting kind of the expansion of the uh, facilities, the, the gym, the weight facilities. They're going to add that second level kind of conditioning area. They're bumping out all the training stuff. So like big changes are occurring at Flowery Branch and oh, yeah. it just reminds you of how quickly everything moves on, right? You, like one minute, you're here, you're in it. And and I just feel that way as somebody who had the pleasure of being able to have stuff published online. You actually wore the the uniform. So I'm sure that you feel it, you know, way, way more to the extreme than I do. But it's like, yeah, this everything just moves on and, and changes and it's different. And yeah. <laughs> No, uh, the game does not stop for you, nor I, nor anybody. And it's going to keep on moving forward faster and faster every single year. And uh, no, it's 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 something to where it's um, fascinating to watch because it's metamorphosized. Even watching practice, mm-hmm. us old guys are watching it like, that's it? <laughs> are they serious? Is it, is it done? And I don't want to go too much into it. I don't want to talk about it later, but it just... It's not the practice or training camp that I used to go through back in my day. And none of us, uh, Finneran or Abraham or, uh, <laughs> you know, Jarius, the other guys there who were talking about it, said anything about, oh, yeah, this is just just as hard as it was when we were there. No, it's these guys have no idea how easy they have it. We will get into uh, all of that. And that is going to be basically the the theme of today's episode is, yes. is OV critiques, you know, the, the football experience <laughs> as a former football player. Um, and I, I want to hear a bunch of stories uh, from you about all of that. But first, Bet Online is the number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games, which are available to play right from your phone. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. 
Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, Ovi, can you give us a quick rundown of just some of the, the names who were up there? You know, it was a lot of Falcons legends. Uh, Matt Ryan, you know, one that notably a lot of people uh, were talking about. And I, I'm talking, I guess, specifically Friday, but you were up there a, a couple of days. So who did you run into up at Flowery Branch this, uh, this week? The one that I enjoyed the most, probably talked to the most, spent the most time with because I hadn't seen him in a while, was uh, Mr. Uh, fellow South Carolinian John Abraham. Mm. And, uh, you know, it was nice because Abe was, he, was like, he wanted to connect with me because we used to, South Carolina guys, we used to uh, stay pretty tight and just hadn't kept in touch. And so, he, you know, we, we went with, um, we brought our, our, our friends uh, to come and, you know, with the, uh, enjoy the experience. And Abe had his guy and I had uh, some of my doctors with me uh, that I work with on the medical sales side. And uh, Abe got, got his uh, seat. He was like, hey, Ovi, come on, come sit next to me. I, I, he, he was he wants me to sit next to him. I, I wanted to sit next to him. I didn't want a crowd because a lot of people want to sit next to Abraham. I didn't want to deny anybody who's never spoken to him because a lot of the invitees of the players were all crowded around him. So sat down there. I was like, how are you doing, man? He's like, man, I'm doing good. I was like, and we talked about our families and our kids and just uh, the growth. But uh, me and Abe, we spoke for a long time and spoke for a long time even outside of the uh, initial a breakfast area because mm-hmm. the cool thing about for breakfast they let us eat where the players eat. I'm like that's where, where I, I I saw you uh, through the uh, and, the glass window as I was walking yeah, walking was, through the press media area. I was like, all right, there's Ovi. I clocked him. I'll, I'll it, run into the, him the, later. The VIP glass area. So uh, it was cool for me because I was like, I used to sit right there in the corner and they moved things around so much and the egg stations now over here and <laughs> but the guys who've never been there before, some of the uh, you know people who were guests of the players. Their eyes were just so big and they were looking around and, you know, got the protein over here and the drinks over there and you know, the little blender over there. And it was it was cool to see them experience what was just every day for us. Uh, but after we left there, we walked out and uh, got a chance to just enjoy uh, the guy stretching and warming up and getting ready. But uh, Keenan, Keenan Forney, mm-hmm. uh, me and him got a chance to catch up. Of course, Brian Finneran, we, we joke because we're neighbors yeah. uh, and we, we see each other more outside of our neighborhood than we do inside. We need to work on that. Um, <laughs> well, your neighborhood's so also big, ran man. Into, I mean, it's, it's yeah, just easy it's, to get lost yeah, it's in true. It's a big neighborhood. Um, you know, ran into um, uh, Mod, Modrez. Uh, he was a tight end for us a while back. Uh, of course, uh, Jerry Snorwood, um, Ray Buchanan, number 34. A couple mm-hmm. of guys, I felt bad because... I knew who they were, but I wasn't sure who they were. And so gotcha. I had to like, is, how you doing, man? What's up, buddy? Good to see so you. So mentioning Ray Buchanan, is there, a, is there a 34 club? Is there like, are all the former Fal- Falcon 34s, y'all get together like the Miami Dolph, the 76 Dolphins and just get get together and champagne toast? Or? I told him we should, because I mean, I, there's no who's the best 34, obviously me. But um, like, if there was a, a best 34 contest, we, we'd be able to invite all the guys and figure it out. But uh, Rabu also used to live in my neighborhood, so it was fun seeing him. And it was fun to really just get to see some of the what we call the older guys. Because yeah. <laughs> when we were playing, we would have guys do what we do, come on, yeah. on the sideline. I remember seeing Jesse Tuggle when I was playing. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, those guys are old. And man, I can't believe 
I, I'm, I'm never getting that old because you have this crazy thing in your head where you feel like you're going to be um, playing forever. And you feel like you're invincible. And so you look at these old guys like, man, they got gray hair and everything and they're proud of it. But uh, yeah, that's us. Uh, we are now part of the old guys. But it, it was fun just to see everybody into uh, Justin Blaylock as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, good old offensive lineman. Um, it, it was just good to go back and tell some stories and kind of understand that we've all kept on moving. We're all doing pretty well. Hey, we're, we're above ground, so we're doing great. What was the general kind of feeling about the the team going into this year? Is it mostly optimism? Is there more? Because like I, I assume as former players, even though there are way more like diehard fans who day in and day out are like living and breathing Falcons than, than former yeah. players, but like you have a certain ability to just kind of read this having gone through it you have you know a connectedness to the organization that like we will never understand so what was the pulse amongst the the former players about the state of the 2023 uh kind of team well one of the things that we um and you mentioned players will do more than anybody else is tell the truth because we're, we're <laughs> it's all we're the tell the truth Mondays that you guys had to endure yeah we're not going to impress anybody and we could see sometimes when they dress up a rookie because they drafted high. They got to say he's good. The, the media wants to create a story. And so one person says he's good. The rest will Boy, say he's good. It. But we will call out the BS if we see BS. <laughs> and one thing the players have been able to confidently say the last couple of years uh, is that we don't have that much talent. So we were impressed. We're even breaking even. We're impressed. We're, you know, winning more than three or four games because the talent or lack thereof in the Falcons was apparent. Mm-hmm. That's one thing everybody noticed this year. A lot of guys talk about like they, they moving today, they the intensities today. They, they, you know, they're they're uh click a little more, yeah. they look a little more crisp. And Arthur Blank has always been great about bringing discipline to the team, but bringing discipline to the team with players who have uh, uh, above average talent. And no disrespect to the players, you know, in years past, but they just weren't that. And we talked about it on this podcast, so some one year contracts to see who's who and. You know, uh, our GM being a wizard, picking guys who are hungry, got something to prove, a chip on their shoulder, have shown flashes, getting them for cheap. We couldn't afford the big name guaranteed players. And now, uh, you know, I hope my boy Calais gets a healthy because but yeah, when he when he came, he was walking out and uh, he saw me. I was like, you're still playing. I was like, I remember hitting you and you was yay high or. <laughs> Yay high. Dog, yay high. No, he's big. yay, yay, yeah, yay high. He's way, way <laughs> yay high. He's like, man, I'm going to keep on playing as long as I keep on paying me, as long as I keep on uh, doing my thing. I said, nothing I wrong with that. that. So the, the fact that they're still getting guys of value um, makes it to where we see promise for the team. We, we see um, playoff expectations and we see that being very doable, mm-hmm. which is exciting because we. We always like we say playoffs every year, but maybe and possibly and kind of this year it's 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 guaranteed. Yeah, like uh, Ooh, it have to be like catastrophic. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it had to be a catastrophic, you know, injury. You know, God forbid uh, to our key players for us not to make the playoffs because doing what we did did in the last couple of years with average talent, and now we have above average talent. It's a great place to start from. I love it. I love the confidence. Um, it it yeah, guaranteed. I, I think you're right. I mean, I think that you're right to feel that the not only the character aspect of this team, but the the talent aspect, certainly, you know, you've added some top 10 draft picks, in some cases, top five draft picks 
in Kyle Pitts, Drake London, Bijan Robinson. So now your offense legitimately has a, a trinity of, of firepower that, you know, few teams, I think, lack in, in this specific type of way. But, you know, I, I was in the locker room post, you know, 2017 season through 2020, and there were a lot of good players who made their name on the back of that incredible 2016 run. But when the success was no longer there, they weren't either. And <laughs> that is very telling about just kind of the, the state and the strength, kind of like the, the spine of, of a team and an organization and a culture is like when everything yeah. starts kind of getting ripped away and even in the devastating ways that the Falcons endured some of the losses, like I would not wish that on anybody. I would never wish that on you, Ovi, to have to like go through a season where all you probably want to do is go hide in a bathroom stall and not talk to somebody like me who is like, man, how did you guys lose this one? <laughs> like, that's not fun. <laughs> but it's why I will forever speak so highly and why everybody will about a Grady Jarrett or a Jake Matthews or, you know, these guys who were leaders when yeah. everything was going wrong and when dudes were just walking in from the cafeteria and running to grab their backpack and going, guys, I can't talk. I got a special teams meeting. I got to run to. And it's like, <laughs> Why Wait, is you know it special teams? Yeah, it's <laughs> it's a ghost town in here. It's media availability. Yeah. What's going on? And I think that you're going to see you already are seeing a change in that, but it's the good players here are also those highly accountable players and somebody like a Jesse Bates, like a Clay's Campbell, the players they're bringing in, that is such a we talked about the Falcons filter forever, right? Like from 2014 to 2016 and it was like the Falcons aren't going to draft these guys with troubled past because of the Falcons filter. And that was, you know, a good thing. But but then you have the exact same issue that I just brought up. And I think that now you are actually seeing a team that's going to be able to be held accountable because they've got the mental fortitude and just the kind of the composure, I think, individually to withstand some of that criticism and not crumble underneath it. And for that reason, I think the team is going to be much better. And I think that's the type of thing that former players can sense and that kind of what you're getting at is like, yeah, the the eighth practice of training camp, there's a level of crispness, there's a level of competitiveness that the good teams that have pride in themselves show. And, and it feels like oh, that's yeah. what you're sensing. No, absolutely. I think uh, one of the most telling parts watching practice was seeing goal line, which has been an issue for the Falcons mm. for a while. Even back when Julio was there, like, why can't Matt get Julio the ball? Yeah. And like, why is Kyle Pitts not scoring more touchdowns. And we got all the way down there, but we're not punching it in. What's the point of getting it down there? And again, it's training camp. I get it. But just with what we have, just with the uh, sample size, seeing Desmond Ritter have such command of the offense and Chris passes and everyone running their routes and with you know pretty good defenders on these guys, you know, them shaking them precise on time. And we're just the first team offense leads, which is scoring. Again and again and again and again, you're supposed to against uh, a lower team defense, but we've I've I've seen it, I've heard it, I've seen it where the first team offense is struggling against a scout team or second team defense. You're like this is not how things are supposed to go <laughs> in practice, and if we're struggling now, what's going to happen in the games? And what happened in games is what happened in practice. Practice how you play, but just to have these guys seem like they know what they're doing and they are confidently stepping into the role as, you know, the, the bully offense and the offense that is just wishing somebody would try to stop them. 
what well, well, was refreshing, you mm-hmm. know, because we were like, ooh, ah, okay, okay, yeah, you know, big catches and, you know, and you see them getting excited. They were hooping and hollering a little bit. And so it was fun to see some life in our offense when you go around the red zone. Yeah, I thought Friday, especially, um, they kind of ended the practice down at the goal line. Uh, I like the, they put the ball like the three or whatever, but they were exclusively doing drop back passes with the first three lines. And at least the the first team and then the backups, I believe six plays, five touchdowns and all were pass plays like really solid, you know, uh, a few times. And Arthur Smith did say afterwards, like, yeah, yeah, you're able to hold on to the ball a little bit longer, you know, down in that area because we're, we're not going to blow the like you're not going to get sacked, all that stuff. So like in a game that may not be the conversion rate. They're probably not going out and just converting like 80% touchdowns. Five out of six. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you you saw them work the whole kind of progression, both Taylor Heineke and Desmond Ritter. Um, the only incompletion was Desmond Ritter kind of locked onto Drake London in the back of the end zone, who was clearly double covered and missed Bijan Robinson kind of wide open right at the front of the end zone. And his pass was a little late and a little off target. But then he responded and bounced right back with an amazing throw to Kyle Pitts, who was just draped all over by Caden Ellis. And it was just to his back shoulder. Got him right there, stuck it in there. So I think to your point, yeah, the offense looked sharp in a key area. And importantly, at a, a time when the defense was really getting a lot of the attention early in camp. And I thought the offense, at least again on Friday, I was at a wedding yesterday, so I really have no idea what happened at, at practice yesterday. So, uh, you know, maybe you can help me. Uh, figure some of that stuff out. But I, I thought Friday the offense looked um, sharp. I I want to get to more of the team stuff, but the last question I have for you about reminiscing of the the days of old, and, and maybe you've already said his name already, but who among all of the, the former players could still put on pads today and go out there on a Sunday and at least, you know, make something happen? And if you want to say uh, yourself, you know, I'll, I'm willing I to mean, get I Arthur Smith on the phone and, and sign you up. And I, I, I just, I've been trying not to lie as much because, uh, <laughs> no, I, I'd be a great offensive lineman right now. Fullback, it, it'd be rough. Uh, but, but no, I mean, back to the guy that I was talking to, I was like, how are you still in shape? He's, I was like, how much are you? Like, yeah, I'm about, you know, 250. I was like, you 250 pounds, John Abraham. There you go. Yep. And he, uh, everyone's like, why, why are you in such good shape? And, you know, Finneran hasn't changed. He's, he's the same as he was when he played. So I think Abraham and Finneran, fin- Brian Finneran can both go out there. And play a couple downs. If we absolutely needed them, they definitely play a couple downs and catch a ball, you know, get a sack. Uh, me, I would just, uh, yeah, I, I can get five yards and out. Like, I can still catch, <laughs> but I'm not, my body hurts. My knees, my shoulders, my yeah. back. I'm not trying to hit anybody. And <laughs> I, remember I was talking to Abe, like, I used to love guys like you, the 250, 260, 270 pound defensive ends. It was a 300 pound defensive ends that, that scared me, yeah. bothered me. I remember blocking. Michael Strahan and all 290 pounds of his, mm-hmm. you know, Hall of Fame uh, <laughs> behind but coming at me. And I was just like, why? Why the, like, I remember while hitting him, I was like, what am I doing? Why am I here? <laughs> like, you didn't deserve this. Like, I uh, pretended to be somebody else because guys like that, guys like the Ray Lewis's, the Strahan's, these Hall of Famers I played up, played against, yeah. I would literally pretend to be somebody else because this weirdo you see in front of you could not ever, on his best day, in my opinion, block these Hall of Famers, but when I pretended to be like a Nigerian Nightmare 2.0, like I, I could do anything. Yeah. You know? I mean, you like Transformer, you have to just transform into, exactly. into football OB. Um, I love it. Yeah, no, I there saw I saw John Abraham too, and I was like, God, this 
This right? dude looks, yeah, like he literally could could just have a helmet in one hand, shoulder pads yeah. in the other, and be just walking off the he field walk right out now. The field and, be, and people are like, oh, okay, let, let him throw. He's, he's one of the players. Exactly. Like he looked, yeah, yeah he looked amazing. And then uh, your point about thinner, and I almost feel like if, you know, in, in golf, how they have been the seniors tour, right? Like if, yeah. if the seniors tour for football was just the Pro Bowl flag football game they always play, that like you see like Deion oh. Sanders... Brian Finneran would be a Hall of Famer in in yeah. that in the seniors tour of the NFL because he would just be throw it up here, it's catching the same it. Thing. Yeah, he's just yeah, he's just, just just old man football. Yep. We play like I feel like fourteen years. Like he he can do what he does yeah. and compensate for the oldness because you know, every year they try to replace him and he was playing special teams. Like he was like actually hitting people, yep. playing special teams and receiver, and year after year they couldn't cut him. Nope. Nope. Wiley, savvy, everything you want. And that's why we all love Brian Finneran. Let's talk a little bit about, though, the, the current team, the current roster. The big news is Jeff Okuda's injury does not appear to be as uh, serious as everybody initially believed when he was hurt on Friday. The cart came out. Um, I didn't see it actually take place, um, although, you know, didn't happen far from me, but by all accounts and people I talked to, it, it looked pretty serious. Arthur Smith immediately after practice didn't really say much of anything and, and wisely waited to have an MRI taken. And then he came back Saturday and said they got very good news um, on Jeff Okuda's injury front and that they're hoping to have him back in the very early part of the season. Although whether that's week one, two or three, he doesn't know at this point. They're just hoping that it's much, much sooner rather than later. Um, Ovi, how important is that? Because the secondary has looked really sharp. Jeff Hokuda has yeah. looked solid. I mean, this is avoiding another big blow to your number two corner uh, for the second straight year. Yeah. Uh, we, uh, we're trying to have the Legion of Boom light here in Atlanta and build something where we can have a no-fly zone. That's hard if our main players don't stay healthy. So... You know, my, my fellow African, Jeff Okuda, uh, I wish him all the uh, health and success because coming back from injuries and playing that same year is uh, harder than, than not because it's just getting used to live action when everyone else on the other teams, they're char- starting to go at full speed and pick reps at full speed and get into the game and you're just thrown into there because there's no way practice can be the same as game reps mm-hmm. uh, you go in week two three or four it's not going to be the same as you starting from week one and getting all of those active reps and being able to you know be on uh, on the same page as your as your teammates because as you know dbs it's it's a team they're a mm-hmm. gang that you have to be able to work with them at full speed and so it's not just him it's his brother's getting used to him playing at that role yeah at that speed. So I, I know that and I'm happy that it's going to be early on in the season, but the sooner he gets back, the better. For sure. Yeah. And, and definitely, I mean, corner is, if, if there is one position maybe on the defense outside of like just a, a pure third down situational pass rusher type of, of guy, like I do think corner, you can get away with being a little bit more isolated in nature. Like they, they call yeah. it an Island for a reason. Right. So I, like, I think that, when you're talking about chemistry, this isn't a wide receiver missing time with his quarterback. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, yeah. uh, somebody who technically you may build up a little bit of rust, which is 
not what you want at the cornerback position. Like you need to be on your P's and Q's. And so for that reason specifically, like I, I want him back out there as, as soon as he can, but ultimately just be healthy and, and be able to be ready to go um, for the entire season. I, I think that, you know, the, the defensive line and the secondary have by and large been kind of the, the big stories so far. Is that what you wanted to see? Like when when we were kind of coming into camp and and speculating and being like, all right, what are the different ways that this can all play out? I think that we would have both said, all right, if the secondary and the defensive line are kind of two of your better units so far, then that's a that's a pretty good thing. Away, am I right about that? Absolutely, that's a huge W. I mean, you you can't win games if you can't win on defense. Defense wins championships and has for a long time. The running game and defense and running game we feel great about last year and now mm-hmm. we feel you know, over the moon about with uh, Bijan but the defense part has been something that it's always been we're almost there and you know we can stay healthy and you know we, young guys making mistakes and there's always a problem there's always an issue there's never a you know outside of Grady so I planting their flag and saying you will not pass or you <laughs> shall not pass whatever the Lord of Rings references and maybe but it's now getting to the point where with our defensive line and our DBs, those are our strengths. And and those are, I guess, the beginnings of being a a dominant part of our team. And you can't ask for anything else as a Falcons fan for your D line and for your DBs to be shutting it down and getting to the quarterback. So I'm really hoping that these guys can translate what we are seeing and hoping on the field, practice field, into games because that would be real fun to watch. I am excited. I don't know if I'm ready to say the defensive line is a strength yet. They've looked good in camp. I, I Compared to years past, that's what I guess... Yeah, compared to the rest of the league, maybe not so. But <laughs> for years past, I'm excited about all the talent we have on our defensive line. Oh, I am line. too. And and again, like they, they've looked good. So like for they're doing everything they can do to this point. Right. And so who am I to sit here and say it's not going to be any different just because it hadn't been different in the past. But I when it comes to this group, I'm going to I'll, you know, wait to see it, uh, see it first. Um, my next couple Smart. of questions over here are, I think, along the same line. And then we'll end by getting your thoughts on the joint practices in, in Miami, if, if that's cool with you. And then head yep. on out. So first to first one, can you help me understand? They, there's a lot of talk about just ramp up periods, right? You know, like Calais Campbell dealing with kind of you know a personal reason that he's missing you know camp early on whether that has to do with anything physical or, or what have you um, the team has been aware that like they're pleased that but they everything is a ramp up period you've got Johnu Smith and, and Matt Hennessy you know for various injury reasons kind of in ramp up here what happens when these guys are not on the field is it is it purely they're with the training staff. They're going through rehab. They're doing things like that. Are they spending extra time in the classroom, really getting the playbook down? Can you help me understand when they're not at the full ramp up period with the other 85 guys who are out there every day, day in and day out doing the, the training camp main plan? What are these guys who have their tailored plans for them doing? Oh, it's um, mental reps. Mental reps are powerful and in uh the few times where i got injured that was all i did uh and it definitely helps being out there and watching the players go through the motions Mm -hmm. or go through the plays but getting back on the field i'm sorry getting back into the classroom and watching tape and getting your mental reps 
that helps you to be able to make sure it's just muscle memory. Because the less you think, the more you act, the better you're going to be. Mm-hmm. And when players are injured uh, mentally, physically, whatever, going through something, whatever's keeping them from being on the field, getting actual reps, next best thing is for them to be able to walk through their responsibilities so on the, say, offensive side. You need to know what you're doing. You need to know what people around you are doing. You need to understand the blitzes. You need to understand the audibles. You need to know all the different, um, I guess, situations you can be in. Yeah when defenses are doing what defenses do, changing as well. And so it's, it's a cat and mouse game. It's playing chess, not checkers. And I tell people all the time, football is not for dummies, though they think that some dummies may play it. These dummies ain't dummies about football. They, they, they know their stuff. They know their X's and O's. There's no way you're getting to this level if you're just big and fast and strong. You have to understand football. You have to be able to adapt to whatever's being thrown at you. And so I'd say the ramp up here for most of these guys, when they're not able to do what they want to, the next best thing is that they're watching film and they're walking through the steps and walking through the process to make sure that when they do get on there, mm-hmm. they're not too far back. That's, that's kind of what I, what I thought it was, but you articulated it really well. And you're certainly right. Like some of the smartest people you among them that I've ever talked to are football players. And it, like the if anybody watched quarterbacks on Netflix and saw all of the various play calls Insane. that all of these guys have to learn and just the, like when they just did that montage for like three minutes of Patrick Mahomes and Kirk Cousins and Marcus yeah. Mariota just Love doing various play calls. I was <laughs> like, oh my god, this is insane! It's a PhD level master's class in a foreign language that's always updating and changing, and there is no Rosetta Stone because everything is different. And oftentimes, it's just like huh, that looks like a pair of scissors. We're going to call this scissors. You know, it's like just coaches just coming up with things or like, all right, we're going to name this whole series of plays after pizza types or toppings. Yeah. So it'll be pepperoni, mushroom, onion. And his like, teammates decide the names of the plays. Yeah. That was so cool. I was like, uh, never. Uh, with Brian Billick when I was with the Ravens or with Mike Smith allow us. Or Bob <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, yeah. Mike Smith or, or, or Billick allow us to make up our own plays. Oh, we would have some great names. <laughs> But, uh, I mean, ownership is what they got when they created their own plays and they wanted to make sure their plays yeah. work. So I, I don't mind. I think it's actually kind of cool. I, but I too. it is something that you have to be on top of your stuff. You have to know what you're doing if you're going to play this game of football. And again, if you're not on the field, you got to make sure that you're not falling too far behind. And and certainly, like, if you're going to be a leader, asked to be a leader, kind of like a Calais Campbell, and you're not out there on the field yet, you can't afford to come out on the field three weeks in and then not know what you're doing at all. Yeah. Right. Like oh, that, yeah. that is going to undermine your leadership credibility yeah, as a veteran pretty yeah. quickly. So Arthur Smith has said specifically, and that's kind of what inspired this question is that plays Campbell mentally, like they're very pleased with the progress. They may be able to ramp it up even more kind of next week. They'll see how it goes. But right now they're very pleased with, with the progress he's making. Again, what do you really expect them to say? Right. Uh, it would be, news if arthur smith came out and said the opposite uh so it's not really news that he's he's saying that he's pleased um but my second part of of kind of this topic is at what point in training camp can players and and if there is not a point you can tell me but i would say that i think you're lying because i do think there is a point where that you know maybe it's not all 90 but like the guys who have been around the guys who are probably going to be in the 53 at what point do you know that you either have something or that you don't that it's either going to be a long year and that man, you know, we're kind of in for it again, 
or all right, yeah, we've got something. This does actually feel different and not just in the way that we're going to talk to all the media and kind of be like, yeah, guys look really good out here. You know, it's sharp. We're clicking. <laughs> it's all like communication's good. Seeing the young guys step up, like what's real and when do you guys know? For the most part, you just don't know because okay. you're not going to hit each other like, like, like you would in a game. Right. And for a lot of the young guys, and every major team that has gone deep into the playoffs has done so because their rookies have played well. And for these rookies, you can't judge them at all until they play in their preseason game. And even then, it's still not a, a full judgment on them yeah. because you have a lot of guys who have already made the team on the other, the other side, not giving their all. Yeah, or you you're have, going uh, up against the third teamers in the third quarter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so you don't know how good they are. Is Are they good or is their competition just horrible yeah. and not going to be in the NFL for you know the next couple of months? Yeah. So you get hit in the mouth by to, Derek Brown week one. Like that's a yeah. different animal than getting hit by a fellow rookie in the for 13th minute of the fourth quarter. Exactly. So it, it's hard to tell. You can get good feelings like, like, like we saw on Friday. Uh, oh, the goal line was good. I feel excited about that. But then I was supposed to like, calm down. Like, these guys have no pressure, <laughs> yeah. no rush. They have all day. Uh, the defenders aren't going to go super hard and try to intercept the ball. So they'll just get close. It's like, I could have got that. I could have got that. So it's very hard to tell. But what you can see, you can see the level of, um, I guess, precision, the crispness, the attention to detail, mm-hmm. some of those small things that you know when it's not there and you also know when it's there. So you can get some some positive vibes that can put you on the more is, uh you know hopeful spectrum but yeah. it's hard to know beyond a shadow of a doubt oh we got it we're going to do it this is the year uh it, it, everyone says that but to say that and know that beyond a shadow of a doubt is impossible if you don't have uh film or an understanding of how your rookies going to do how your second players going to do how the guys who are stepping into big major roles like Desmond Ritter going to do yeah with live fire consistently because we saw him in a couple games and, you know, he was not terrible. He wasn't Tom Brady, but we didn't expect him to. But how big of a jump are guys going to make at key positions? You're not going to know that until week one of game time. So, yeah, uh, yeah it, it, it's hard to to have a definitive statement, but, you know, you, you get a feeling. And the feeling was good, I think, for me and for other guys it's definitely better than last year, which is where we're go- trying to go. No, that, that's a great answer because I I love it when my assumptions are kind of wrong, right? Because I'm just sitting out here and, you know, saying, yeah, of course you've got to know it at a training camp. But like, you're right. Maybe the right answer is eh, it's probably more between weeks four and eight that like a team just kind of realizes, yeah. oh, hey, like we found our, we our identity. Something. We found like this dude's made that jump. And now like this unit has made that jump. and like. Yeah, it's it's more yeah. more that than just like, yeah, B. John Robinson made like four guys miss today in practice at one point. We're so going like, to the Super Bowl, yeah, baby. We're, we're going, going to the, the Super Bowl. Bowl. Right. <laughs> B. John was out there doing them in. Yeah. No, that's that's not how it works. I wish it did, but <laughs> it doesn't work that way. <laughs> well, I know that's so that's great insight. Um, and and I learned something. Now let's uh let's end on this. They're heading down to Miami um this upcoming week. I'm really excited for these joint practices. Uh, and I think you kind of hear Arthur Smith talk about it multiple times. He's mentioned the speed of Miami and just how the schemes are a little bit different. You have to believe that when they were looking at, all right, who are we going to coordinate a joint practice with that that played into it. It's a, it's a chance to kind of test yourself against your, your polar opposite, 
right? And that's what you're going to face teams like this on on Sundays. And so you give your defense and your offense a, a different flavor to go up against. And then you evaluate. It's more for the coaching staff to see, okay, where are our weak spots against this type of team where, you know, as we're building this and we're seeing, you know, our left guard battle, right? Like, okay, this guy's better against this type of player. This guy's better against this type of player, like that type of stuff. But what are you looking for kind of to come out of these joint practices and then on the game in the game um, when they finally suit up and take the field? Well, oh, joint practice is fun because it's the closest thing to a preseason game where you can really let loose on somebody because you're never going to, at least I was never going to try to um, hurt somebody. I thought I'm trying to hurt these guys yeah. in practice, but hitting them with no limits. <laughs> like, you, you, like all the limit breakers are off. Like, you know, like you're just like rage mode. I'm going all out. Mm-hmm. I want to show coach why I deserve to not just be on the team. Why I deserve to start or why I deserve to be that second string spot. Or why I deserve to get more playing time or why I should put my package in. You're making a uh, statement with your play against somebody else in ways that you can't do with your own players because you're going to finish these blocks in ways that you probably wouldn't do with a teammate, but you can show a little bit of nastiness. You can show a little bit of attitude. You can show a little bit of, of who you are as a player and how you plan to be. So again, I'm talking from an offensive point of view Mm -hmm. on the offensive side. It's just about making sure you have your quarterbacks back that you're not going to get him blindsided because you don't know your stuff. And things go fast in practice. Things go even faster when you're playing another team because those guys are thinking the same thing. Like their filters are off. They're, uh, you know, are going full speed. They're trying to knock somebody's head off within reason. So uh, I want to see who's ready to make that step, make make that jump to to get better. Like we mentioned before, who's ready to show that they can be the guy they can be counted on because it's easy to say in practice, look at me, I did this or Easy to say mm-hmm. when you're in the weight in the weight room or you're in the uh, film room. I'm gonna get them and I'm gonna take care of that. <laughs> but when the bullets are flying, yeah. when things are moving fast, and when you're tired and it's fourth quarter, it's end of the game, are you still going to be able to do your job and do it at a high level? And the lights won't be on uh, per se, but it's the next closest thing when other teams watching you, your coaches are watching you, everyone, uh, the fans are all there seeing. Okay, they're now going fuller speed. Mm-hmm. Let's see what happens. So I, I hope that the guys who need to make that step, make, make that jump, make that jump because uh, they need to do it sooner than later. Let's go ahead and start with the Dolphins. Let's go ahead and start before preseason game comes or hitting the ground running. I think we talked about the defensive line and the secondary as, as two areas that have been looking good so far. Like I would start right there and I would say if the secondary Ooh. if guys like D Alford, if Clark Phillips, who's had a really good camp and maybe is is going to earn more of a look uh, in the in Jeff Okuda's absence at the outside. But right now, it's been mostly Trey Flowers. But I do think they'll get creative. Um, and Trey Flowers is massive. <laughs> like you want to talk about big guys? Like he's like six three, two hundred, and looks every bit of it out there on the field. I was like, oh my god, who is this DeAndre Hopkins wide receiver that they have playing corner here in the secondary? But I can't imagine that that type of player is just going to handle Jalen Waddle and, and Tyree Kill very well. So. I assume they'll get creative down in Miami with some of these matchups. And that's where I'm really excited to see, like you said, these players who have popped, but now it's like, can you do it against a really good team, an AFC yeah. playoff contender and, you know, one of the best receivers in the league. So defensive line and secondary certainly looking there. And then, you know, of course, 
all eyes are going to be on, on Desmond Ritter and, and how he yep. goes. And uh, everybody will definitely be watching when they take the field uh, against the Dolphins for that first preseason game. Um, but that will do it for us today. Ovi, do you have anything uh, else on your mind before I let you go? <sighs> uh, are you ready for some football? Hell yeah, uh, dude. I am. Yes, me. Pick me. I, I, I'm ready. And I am every year. And uh, there's not going to be a year where I'm, I'm not going to be ready for it. I think it's, it's exciting to see what we can do um, with money to be spent that was spent. Uh, and now we have the outcome of it with some great players. And let's see if Arthur Smith can keep on being Arthur Smith and do more than everyone expects him to do. Because if that's the case, again, playoffs. Guaranteeing it, I'm 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 calling I'm calling the team out. They they got to back me up, make sure this happens. So uh, I'm feeling good. All right. Well, this is actually now uh, as good a time as any then to unveil Ovi's excitement meter, which is what I want to do for the uh, remainder of uh, <laughs> of the preseason. We're going to do it on a scale of one to thirty four uh, in honor oh, of, of Ovi here. So uh, so it, where are you at this point then in the in the preseason for the excitement of uh, of the 2023 season, Ovi? Oh wow, I- I'd say. I'm um I'm a strong 25. Okay, I'm I'm a strong 25. So there's room to go. There's room to go. Be excited. There's definitely room to go. I'm trying to. I mean, I'm excited, but I'll be super excited after I see you know Drake London catch that one handed catch. After I see like Mm. Bijan, you know, get that screen, take it out. So I I don't want to go straight 34 now because I got nowhere nowhere to go. (laughs) So I need the boys to to do some things to make my my numbers go up. So. All right. Well, there you go. There's the uh, mandate from Ovi. Make those numbers go up. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's show, which as always was presented by Bet Online. Check back in on Thursday when we will be previewing uh, that matchup against the Dolphins for the first preseason game. Checking in again on training camp. And hopefully I will be joined by a very, very special guest for that episode. So definitely be on the lookout for that on Thursday. In the meantime, you can follow me on Twitter at Will McFadden. You can follow Ovi at Ovi Mahaley 34. Uh, Check us out on YouTube as well, where you will be able to watch this video as well as a lot of our other content. That'll do it for us this week. Until next time, everybody, take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.